Hello readers, welcome back to another episode of the A History of Crows podcast. In today's episode, I'm going to talk about a very, very special book that I recently finished. And I'm also very angry that it took me so long to read this book, because I've known about this book for years. This book is These Violent Delights by Micah Nimorever. I don't know if I'm pronouncing the last name right, but my opinion wherever um i happened to find this book back in 2020 i mean i knew about this book before it even came out because it has a title it shares a title with the more widely known these violent lights by chloe gone and that's how i found this book in fact this has happened to me before um when you search a book and you find a book that has the same title and you're like, oh, this seems interesting. Let me read it. And it's in nice, in nice, a nice coincidence. And particularly, I love this. It's a quote from Shakespeare. The Violent Delights is a quote. It's a quote from Romeo and Juliet. This Violent Delights have violent ends. And which like fire and powder as the kids consume. It's something, it goes like this. And anyways, I found about this book before it was published in 2020. And I started to read it when it came out actually in September 2020. Because I was like, okay, I need to read this. It seems incredible. And I was loving. If you go to my good reading review, it actually has the day that I started reading and I say how good it is. But then what happened to me is that I kind of reached... I kind of reached like, um, sort of, uh, I couldn't get through to the book after 20%, like I, I, I got stuck in 20%. And I was like, okay, so maybe, maybe we leave and I try again later. I don't know why I created a shelf called On Hold and this book was on hold until, until, until right now that I finished. And that was like September, 2020. Then in January, 2022, I was like, no, I need to finish these violent lines. I'm dying to know what this book is like. I, I need to, I need to get through with it. I need to know the what is this book. And again, I went back to the store and I reread it and I felt like I was walking through mud and I couldn't get through and I stopped again at 20%. And I was like, okay, let's, let's put it down. And then now, March 2023, I can finally say I finished it. It was delightful. It was a delight. And this experience has actually taught me that more than ever, like, I, I was aware of this, but I feel like um, this experience has made me more aware, aware than ever. That sometimes we really need the right timing to read a book. Like some books are meant to be read at certain points or certain stages of our lives and not a moment before. And this happened with this book because I tried reading it twice and it didn't work. And like this time, it didn't, it didn't feel like the same book. Because I literally read it in like one of the days that I that I took this read, I read like forty percent because I couldn't put it down, and so I genuinely believe that there is a right timing. You know, funnily enough, this happened to me with the Raven Voice. I had it for years before I actually got around to finishing it, and I tried reading before, and I was like, "What is this?" Like in my mind, I had constructed a story that was totally different from what the book is actually about. So it's funny because in my mind, I have this story that was not real. 
and then I have the Raven Cycle. You know, I read all the books now more than once. It's one of my favorite series, but I still have this memory of something that was not it when when I tried reading and it wouldn't go. So that's funny. And so yeah, with this Violent Delights was kind of the same thing. You know, it it just didn't work when I wanted it to work. And so okay, leave it at that. And I tried again, and I tried again, and now we did. And the reason why I'm saying that is that, okay, I know that there are books that we drop and like never give it a second thought. And that's also 100% valid. But there are books that are not just dropped because I, I was genuinely loving it. Like I remember that I, this first 20%, I highlighted so many passages and I was so in awe of the writing that I knew it was in the book that I wanted to drop. It was just something that was not clicking with me. And so it's different, like you can read 20% of a book and be like, okay, this is insufferable, I want to drop it. So it's two different things. And one of the reasons that I wanted to read this book is because I've always seen, and I mean the synopsis itself, but I've always seen people talk about it like a dark academia book and you know me, I'm st- if, you've, if you've been to this podcast before, then you know I'm studying dark academia, I'm writing my master thesis on dark academia. So I'm always, always, always looking for Dark Academia books. And I'm sad to say that this is not Dark Academia. Like no one is sadder than me to say this out loud. But let me explain. This book actually checks almost all the boxes for Dark Academia. Like almost all of the boxes. So I get it. You know, I get what people call this a dark academia. I myself found myself, like, I wish it was because I want to call it a dark academia. I want to recommend it as a dark academia, but it's just not. And there are two crucial items that are dark academia musts and that this book does not check. So the first one is the academic aspect of it, the academic environment. Um, even though, like, the main characters, Paul and Julian, they do meet in school. Um, it's just like just the panorama of their first encounter, like literally the first scene where they meet, which is, if I'm not wrong, in chapter two is during a class and then that's it. It's like it's put aside, like it's discarded, the purpose has been served and I can't like I can't call it other academia because their academia is a subgenre of the campus novel, story centered in the academic life, blah blah blah. You know the drill, I've said it more than once. If you want to know more about this, you can check all the episodes in this podcast that discuss dark academia genre that I recommend. I have tons of recommendations of dark academia book. But this book has only this tiny, 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 tiny bit of academic aspect to it. And if it, if it had more, then that's it, you know? And so if, if Liz Valandelet had a bit more of a, the academic trials and anxieties, if he had a field of study, if he, ha- if he had the restlessness of academia, it might be easier to call it a dark academia. And the second aspect that it's missing, it's the gothic atmosphere. Um, DA books offer this blend of academia with gothic and turns the school or like college university into this place of haunting, you know, the place that turns the brightest minds into paranoia, their actions into violence. It's this kind of paradox and opposition between this so highly intellectual and esteemed environment 
that drives people into unspeakable acts. And that's just not present in these Valen Delights because this book is very, very focused on character study, both about Julian and Paul, but most specifically Paul, because even though the book is written in third person, we have the inside into Paul's mind and we spend like whole chunks of narrative immersed into his thoughts. And there's also so much dialogue and interactions between these two characters because I'm going to get to this point in a second. Uh, so we barely have descriptions at all. You know, and I, I see that as something that can be a problem for some readers, some type of, of readers that find this tiresome and just a little bit too dense. Um, but even like if I, if you wanted to appeal to Dark Academia as, a, as, a, as an aesthetic instead of the genre for this one, you're, you would still find no footing with this book because there are so scarce descriptions of anything like literally we don't see anything being described at all so if you if you're not into this kind of story then maybe this book is not for you so and what i mean to say with this is that i don't want to be off-putting uh, of someone who wants to pick up this book like saying that this is not a dark academia it's not me saying you shouldn't pick up this book at all and it's also not a critic at all i'm merely pointing out facts because as someone who studies this and as someone who recommends books in this genre and i'm like oh this is dark academia because a b c so i'm saying why is it not dark academia and i want to be thorough you know when i label a book dark academia and the other characteristics that we often find in dark academia books like obsession rupture in relationships the presence of death some type of death it could be murder but i don't use the word murder because there are dark academias that don't exactly involve murder um you know, this descent into paranoia, this obsessive compulsive relationships that people have. And in this case, like Julian and Paul met in school, but other dark academias are relationships that are centered and connected to this place of study, this place of learning. And of all the books that I've read throughout the years that have been labeled as dark academia, but according to my uh, according to my metrics, have failed to achieve. This one was the one that was closest to being DA. Like, no other was this close. So it pains me to admit that it's not, because I wish it, I wish dearly that it was, because I loved this book so much. Like, you could, you could call it like a dark academia as because there's so much stuff here that what we see in dark academia novels. But, okay, the final verdict is that it is not a dark academia. But if you like dark academia, then I would recommend this to you because it has all the right stuff and you will not be disappointed. And so this story is about Paul and Julian, which are two young men that have joined university in 1973 and they're both very young they're like 17 or something like that and at times while I was reading this I thought I wished they were older but then uh, with certain things that happened during the novel I understood why they had to be the age that they are even though I kind of like wish they were older because the way they behave the way uh, their thought processing especially Paul makes me feel like he has 
uh, a mindset and then behaviors of an older guy than like just 17. But it's complicated and it's almost like, for example, I have the same feeling with Six of Crows. I'm saying that because I just reread because of season two of Shadow and Bone. And I had the same feeling all the times that I read Six of Crows, which is like, no way that they're teenagers. No way that they're teenagers. Like the way that they act. No way that Kaz is 17. No way that Inaj is 16, you know? It's just, there are some books that the character study and character construction is so good that like, you cannot pass this as a teenager. I'm sorry. Teenagers do not act like this. Anyway. Uh, so the most important and most prominent aspect and the most prominent theme in these violent delights is of toxic and abusive relationships. And here we have the perspective of same-sex romantic relationships. Paul and Julian are the worst. <laughs> I swear to God, these two, I mean, what is this? Uh, both as individuals and as a couple, you know, I love how strongly Mike and Imara was able to construct these characters both as individuals and as their relationship. And like, I, I generally, when I say this, I'm not exaggerating that the construction that he was able to do here is out of this world. Like, it was brilliant. And the craft here is is so good. Like, few people managed to achieve this with, with the writing, let alone people in a debut. Like, this is a debut. And... And so, as I was saying, like, they're horrible people. Okay. Uh, Paul is, like, so filled with self-loading, self-hatred. He just thinks he's unworthy of everything. And he's desperately needy for any type of scrap of attention he might receive from Julian. And this already like sets up the stage for their relationship to be so bad. And he he wishes so much to receive attention from Julian that even if it's cruelty or disdain, he's happy to have it. And like I said, although the book is narrated in third point, third person point of view, we have it's through the eyes of Paul that we see, it's through the perspective of Paul that we see the story. And we have glimpses through to what he thinks about Julian. So our construction of Julian, although we can't see, like, because Paul is obviously not well, so he idealizes and puts Paul on a pedestal and... But we, we as a reader, we can kind of separate between this idealized version of Julian that Paul has and what Julian actually is because of his actions. His actions speak louder than whatever Paul thinks he is. And I, I do believe that Julian is also an awful person, although for different reasons than from Paul. Because Julian is like an enabler of this toxic behavior of Paul. And Julian is so full of himself and he only cares about himself. And... Like, sometimes you just can't... Sometimes while, while, while you're reading, you can't help but feel that the way Paul behaves is sort of justified. Like, he gets so little from this relationship with Julian that he can't help to be insecure and needy, you know? And 
I was fascinated by these two deranged, toxic, and thrilling people. Like, this is truly a comment about how well this author was able to write these two characters. Because while I was reading it, I was thrilled. I was so thrilled that I couldn't put it down. I wanted more and more. Like I said, there was one day that I read, it was, I read 40% in one evening. I missed this feeling of being so caught up in the book that I, you don't even see the time going by. Uh, let me let me quote something really good. The snap of cruelty didn't surprise him. He'd been expecting it all along. Everything about Julian was shaded with the threat of it. Even his affection felt dangerous, as if it might curdle at any moment into derision. Paul was almost relieved to feel the sting. It meant Julian saw every weakness in him and still thought he was worth the effort of hurting. I feel like this quote shows a lot about what I'm trying to say here, that these two people are just... They're bad. They're the worst. Also, something like I said, ever since the first time I tried reading this book, the writing was something that immediately caught my attention. And the prose is so good. It's so beautiful as you read. Like, some people might argue that it's too purple prose, but for my taste, it was perfection. You feel like the intention behind every word. And I always love noticing this in books because it makes me value the time that the author took to write the best set of words to certain passages. And I feel like combined with the writing and the way that the characters are portrayed, um, the way, the way that the characters end up being represented through these words makes me think that one description I would use for this book is intelligent. I don't know how to articulate this precisely, but it's the feeling that I got reading certain passages and then looking at the book as a whole, it makes me feel like, oh, this is so clever. It's so, ugh. the the, the writing is so filled with some sense. Like I can't, I couldn't help being mesmerized by this. Uh, let me quote something else. Paul didn't know what Julian was destined for. But the promise of greatness marked every part of him. Even Julian didn't seem to know. Throughout the first few weeks, Paul watched him breeze between interests and ambitions, and he became an expert on each one so quickly that it was as if he were born knowing everything. But he wasn't aimless. His curiosity was ravenous, blazing in all directions like the sun. I mean, look at this present. And I mean, when I say that this book was almost Dark Academia, um, it's basically because these two people, they're going to push each other to the extreme. And it's going to be, it's going to turn bad. You know, I'm going to say it, the description I would use to this book would read that phrase. Be gay, do crime. This is the book. Like, if this sentence has any type of appeal to you, please pick up these my lights right now. Be gay, do crimes. That's what you have in this book. No, but it is, seriously, it's so good. I, I don't want to say... Like, I don't even have to say too much about a plot. This is the plot. Be gay, do crimes. This is the plot of the book. 
because it's like I said, it's a type of book. We don't have too much descriptions. We don't have like a whole huge plot. The plot is gonna happen eventually, but it's an analysis. It's a deep construction of character. If you like character study stories, then this story is for you. If you don't like, maybe you shouldn't pick this up because we're gonna spend an insurmountable amount of time now analyzing this character in the mind of this character in this relationship that is so effed up, you know, and it's like almost 500 pages long. And I wouldn't take a single sentence out of this. Like, I feel this book is exactly the way it should be. It's perfection. It was, it was the book that ravished me. It was a favorite. I never wanted it to end. Everything felt perfectly orchestrated. The ending, I absolutely love the ending of this book. Oh my god, I'm just remembering it. Like, no, I cannot believe this is the ending. I will never get over this book. I will never get over this book. It's a haunting story. I feel like it's never gonna leave my mind. Like, I'm gonna be just doing something like running, or I'm gonna be swimming, or I'm gonna be baking a cake, and I'm like, oh my god, this Valentine's Day. Like, I feel like in the back of my thoughts, there, like in the back of my thoughts, in the back of my mind, if I look closely, there I will find Paul and Jillian endlessly talking, dreaming, and hurting each other. Like, they're gonna leave in my mind rent-free, I'm not kidding. I cannot recommend it enough. This book is brilliant. I am so excited about this book. It's like I said, oh god, I wish it was a dark academia. Like, it was so close. But from what I'm saying, I feel like you can gather that it's the closest thing you get of a Dark Academia book without being Dark Academia. So like I said, if, if you're into this, if you're into this kind of story, pick this up, please. I feel like this book deserves so much more hype than what he got. It deserves so much more. Like, I cannot believe this is a debut novel, although when I read the acknowledgements um this book was published in 2020 like i said but the author said that the story the story was kind of born in 2011 and he started writing in 2013 so i mean almost seven years that's a long time to spend on a manuscript but i just like there's only 10,000 ratings on goodreads like more people need to know about this masterpiece this is a masterpiece. Anyway, let me finish off this review with a quote. I don't think you've ever felt anything that didn't hurt you. And with that, and with this huge recommendation, I close off. And please pick up this book. It's amazing. If you've listened this far, thank you so much. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.